We are, uh, I want to study the Lord's Supper this morning. can remember that uh, we sometimes take the Lord's Supper just because we're having it and we get excited but in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse uh, 26 God said, for as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. A lot of people can quote that verse, and they say that's what the Lord's Supper is, but uh, we should prepare ourselves as if we were going to have the Lord's Supper every every week. The place of the Lord's Supper is it's the church. If uh, something happened to our building and we were meeting in a house, one of your houses or mine or in the school, when the people gather together this morning, that would be the church. This is the church building. The church is the people. And uh, Amos, uh, one of the first Old Testament verses I memorized was, he said, how can two walk together unless they agree? And that is a great problem in marriages and in the church. There's only two divine institutions and the church and the home. That's why that we uh, believe and teach what we do about the home and about marriage. But the place of the Lord's Supper is in the church, and it's not a method of fellowship between Christians, but it is an ordinance to be practiced in the local church by the members of that local church. That statement simply will tell you we believe and practice closed communion. If somebody came in here this morning as a visitor, we pass and they take it. I've never said, you know, you can't because if they're not a member of this body, they didn't take the Lord's Supper. In their mind, they may have, but you can't take the Lord's Supper at Ammon Road Baptist Church unless you're a member of Ammon Road Baptist Church. And if you've got a number of members that are out of order, you ought to wait and the pastor would go talk to him. He'd take somebody else to talk to him. And then the, the third thing is we would bring it before the body. That is scriptural handling because if you can't take the Lord's Supper, you know, then there's your Christian life is not what it ought to be. Jesus instituted his church in Matthew uh, 
26. You know, we look up of a lot of scriptures, but we have chosen some, what I believe is some of the best to bring out what I want to get across. In Matthew 26 and verse 20, God said, And now when ye was come, when evening was come, when evening was come, and as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Going down to verse 26, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and he blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. That particular scripture is why that I uh, believe it's... uh, grape juice, and unleavened bread. If you look at the verse, it said, in verse 26 of Matthew 26, and they were eating. Jesus took bread, break it, break it, uh, blessed it, and break it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. So, when we take the Lord's Supper this afternoon and you take the bread, that represents the body of Christ. His body had no sin. That's what leaven represents. That's why we got to have unleavened bread. And the same in the juice, you know. And it's a lack of of. Study, you know, we got a friend. I really love him. We get along. But we have never been able to agree on the element, the, the fermented or the unfermented wine. And I told Sister Jean and Henrietta back there, Brother George has been down to Hebron 50 years. And uh, they wanted to celebrate it, and they asked me to uh, come, so I went. Uh, but Brother George gave me one of the greatest compliments that he could give me. He said, you made it easy on me because you taught the doctrine before I got there. See, if you know what you believe, if you know the doctrine, you bring in anything else because the doctrine will teach you that you did not choose yourself, but God chose you. That God chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world. And if he saved you, you got the Holy Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit is in us, we are guided by the word, not by what mom and dad taught and not what your best friend's church teach. We got to know that. So when we take the Lord's Supper, it's got to be elements that does not represent leaven because leaven is sin. 
you know. You may ask, have you ever used wine in the Lord's Supper? I have. Ignorantly used it. But it didn't seem right. So you study it and you don't just find a few words. But what you do realize, and this is good for all of you if you go into deep study, not every word in the King James that is translated wine is alcoholic wine. It's a new wine. It's not fermented. How do you know? When I started out preaching, I had a King James Bible, a Matthew Henry commentary, and a concordance, and a biblical dictionary. That was my library for probably the first year. And if you study those words, you know, you'll change on a lot of things that you thought was right, and the Word of God will uh, help you on that. Now, turn over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Uh, chapter 12. As we look here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28, I believe, God said, and God set some in the church, first the apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, government, and diversity of tongues. God, and what do we do? We ask people when we start a church, are you willing to teach? They're nearly saved, they're excited, and they say, I'll teach. But they really don't know how to study to prepare for a Sunday school lesson because they're nearly saved. And I make it hard on them because I don't like these printed out uh, Sunday school lessons that you get from the Southern Baptist Convention and at the, any bookstore in Lexington, any bookstore anywhere, you'll find Bible studies. Very seldom will you ever find one that uses King James, and almost never will you find one that is scriptural according to the Word of God. So the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, we need to understand that it's God's Supper. It's God's Supper. You know, they had a little fixing down there for Brother George. You know, probably if somebody off the street came and they was hungry, I no doubt that they would have fed them. But that food was for me and every other guest because it was prepared for the celebration of Brother Dye. We are celebrating the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ when we take the Lord's Supper. So, you know, when you fix your supper tonight, you know, you don't fix it for everybody around you. You fix it for your family or if you got guests. So, 
The Lord's Supper is for the children of God. The order uh, practiced by the Jerusalem church, I believe, is given to us as an example. And when we look at Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, and verse 41, God said this, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Verse 42, And they continually steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of breads, and in prayers. This is the outline for what should be taught in the church. And it starts out, they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. Because at that time, there was not 2,500 different doctrines. And you didn't have preachers that said, you know, as long as you know Jesus, just come on down. They didn't do that. He says, they continued. That's the point I want to emphasize. Whatever we believe and accept it, if it's Following in the Bible, that's why I always tell new converts, follow in the Bible. Follow in the Bible. At first church there, and they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. Now, so who were the apostles? The first members of the first church. Then we go on down to verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Most of the sound, independent, missionary, fundamental, believing Baptist churches that we know about are small congregations. That's why it's even more important that we show unity. When God said here, they received the word. When you receive the word, you're saved. I was saved on US 25. I wasn't more saved when I got baptism. I wasn't more saved when I went before the church. I was as saved as I could get when God saved me driving to work that day. Now, once you're saved, you want to continue. You want to continue. And that's what God is telling us. He said, praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added to the church daily as such as should be saved. When a church is not in unit, that's why that we practice that dirty word to so many people. And if you don't believe in discipline, go Walmart, any place you want to go with a mother that's got two or three kids, and you'll see who rules the kids do. There are exceptions. 
We've got to have order. So that's why that God said, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. See, God doesn't add to any church that doesn't fit with that church. And the audience said, Amen, preacher. God doesn't add somebody to the church that's going to be a troublemaker. The devil does that. They were baptized. They were placed in the church. And it was observed by those who were sound in doctrine. Look at here in verse 42 of this same chapter that we're in in Acts, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. But what do we find when we go out on, when we were able to go out on visitation? You'll find people said, I used to believe that. I used to believe that. Who changed? God didn't. He said, I'm God and I change not. They received the word, they were saved. Paul taught that the Lord's Supper was in the church. In the church, God places you in the church and you should take the Lord's Supper in the church that you are a member of. God said in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 2. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. That word sanctified, they were set apart. They were set aside. It's like that when you get married and you've got a wedding ring on, I always thought it was odd, you know, that Men, when they're unfaithful to their wives, they'll take the ring off, stick it in their pocket, like, I'm single now. That ring didn't make you married. You ain't married because you have a wedding band on. But they take the wedding band off. Come to church. You feel like a visitor because you haven't bought into the whole Doctrinal statement. God says, you know, as we read here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and, and verse 2, unto the church of God, which hath Corinth, that they're sanctified, set apart, they're different. Saved people are different in general. They haven't been added to the church yet. They're just in the family of God. They're different. Then when God adds you to the church, you become even more set aside. And in this modern world, people don't want to be that. I'm saved. No, I'm saved. Don't worry about nothing else. But yet, what Brother George told the church yesterday, that Brother Vance made it easy on him because 
he taught the doctrine before I got there. If you know the doctrine, you won't be near the problem that you would be if you don't know the doctrine. You've got to know what you believe. I was had to go find my black grapes. And a person asked me that I knew that worked at Kroger's over there in Georgetown. Man, that that place is like a mall compared to things here. You know, you can buy everything except a car. But uh, you know, he said, uh, "What are you doing with all those grapes?" I said, "We're going to have the Lord's supper." And we make our juice. He said, brother, that don't make any difference. It's just symbolic. And you no longer belong to the Baptist church. See, I can understand uh, Protestants making that statement. But a man that's been in a Baptist church for years making that statement, either the man behind the pulpit hasn't taught anything or he chose that time to sleep. You won't find it in the Word of God at all. Not even a hint of it. Still in 1 Corinthians. Let's go to the 11th chapter. 11th chapter. And we look at Verse 2, God said, But I would have you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Christ represents God. No man has seen God. There are people who have seen Christ. But see, Christ would not teach anything that the Father didn't lead him. And a true, called man of God will not teach anything that is not in, thus saith the Lord. But he said, here in 1 Corinthians, chapter 11 and verse 2, and notice, he said, Now I praise you, brethren, that ye remember me in all things and keep the ordinance as I have delivered unto you. I would not have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. The order, Christ follows God. People follow Christ and the Holy Spirit teaches when we look at the 11th chapter which we're in here in 1 Corinthians let's look at uh, verse 18 God said for first of all when he come to gather in the church I hear there be division among you and I partially believe it for there must also be heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. 
when ye come together therefore into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper, for in eating everyone taketh before others his own supper, and one is hungry and another is drunken. What? Have ye not houses to eat and to drink in? This is not a meal. It's two elements. Precisely what God says they should be. And we take them in the order, you know. We pass the bread, everybody takes the bread when it's passed. When we pass the cups, everybody waits. And we all take the cup at the same time. You want to know why? Sure you do. God died for every one of his elect at the same time. So that blood represents the salvation of every one that God chose in his son before the world began. I mean, it's so wonderful when you know, hey, I'm doing this right. You know, it's not a, not a fellowship meal. We didn't have a fellowship meal before. You should have a fellowship meal before. But if you study the history of the Corinthian church, that, they had that fellowship meal before the Lord's Supper and most of them was drunk. And we still have Christians, independent missionary Baptist Christians, who says, Christ drank wine. Let me let me make a statement. Prove to me in the Bible that God drank. Take that word when you find it, get you a concordance, and you'll find that it was new wine, which is grape juice. God is not going to do something and then tell us not to do it. Or, I mean, it's there. The church was forbidden to eat with those in living sin. If you know somebody that is in living sin, living in sin, and they're a member of the church, the responsibility of the church is to go to that person and say, you know, if you're truly saved, you've got to stop doing this. You've got to repent of it, or you cannot take the Lord's Supper. And then the preacher stands alone. There may be three, four people on his side because who are you to forbid someone from taking the Lord's Supper? I don't have that authority. But this does. Then the last person I discussed it with, they said, well, you know, I've been in church a long time. My, my preacher ain't never taught that. I said, shame on me. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Any preacher that don't preach from Genesis to Revelation and prove what he believes in the Word of God shouldn't be in the pulpit. And I can say that because my term in the pulpit is fast coming to an end. <laughs> uh, I believe that when God first saved me. 
It's been right here. I've had all kinds of Bibles. All right. The purpose of the Lord's Supper is two false theories are taught concerning the Lord's Supper. The Roman Catholic theory, you know, meaning that when the priest prays over the bread and, and wine, they are changed into literal body and blood. Can you imagine that? I mean, I believe a seven-year-old that's really sharp, you could teach that and know that that's a lie. Meaning that when the priest prays over the bread and wine, they are changed into the literal body and blood of our Lord. The Lutheran theory of, uh, believes that the body and blood of our Lord are united with the emblems. So when we take that unleavened bread, that really is turning into the body. And when we eat the... Uh, drink the grape juice, it literally becomes the blood of Christ. Now, you know, I remember as I took that slice under Roscoe Brown and somebody raised his hand, I asked Brother Brown, can, can they prove that? I will always Remember Brother Brown's answer. He said, I can tell you I'm a millionaire, but I sure couldn't prove it. We can say anything. But everything that you believe, you ought to be able to go to the original and see if it's real. The unleavened bread symbolizes his pure, sinless body that was broken for us. That's why that he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 24, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, is broken for you, this do in remembrance for me. It's a symbolic. That's why that the bread has got to be unleavened. You haven't taken the Lord's Supper if it's not. You can't take the Lord's Supper if you don't have the right elements. Word of God will tell you what the right elements are. The cup, the fruit of the vine, symbolizes shed blood. What did God say in the 25th verse of 1 Corinthians 11? After the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Did his blood have sin? Of course not. Why would you want to use an element that God says that wine is a mockery? Both of these show the Lord's death. Both elements. He said that in the 26th verse of 1 Corinthians 11. For as often as he eats this bread and drinks this cup, he shows the Lord's death till he comes. 
when we take the Lord's Supper after lunch, we're teaching, we're telling ourselves, this may be the last Lord's Supper we take before we take it with him in glory. Both are to be kept until he comes. How often? As often. Whenever what he said, he said, for as often as he eat this bread and drink this cup. We could take the Lord's Supper every Sunday. But I've been in this long time. And I don't know or have never been part of any church that every Sunday they could, with a clear conscience, take the Lord's Supper. Because although I'm saved, been saved, know I'm saved, anybody can say what they want to, I've been born again, I've repented, put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and if he came right now, I would leave. This body... May hit the floor. May take down the wires and he tried to make me look pretty. But I won't be there. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Amen. Now, the preparation for the Lord's Supper, it is sinful and dangerous to abuse the observance of the Lord's Supper. He tells us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, you know, 27 through 32. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthy shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. And then we go through it. I have in my ministry, I'm just not worthy to take the Lord's Supper. Amen. But your worthiness is in your relationship to the Lord. Because every one of us, some people don't like to admit this, but this body, you know, you know, I can dress it up and, you know, when it hair gets too long, get Brother Harold and cut it and buy me a new coat and pants and shirts and ties and man, you look good. It looks real good on a depraved, dying man because his body is depraved. This body is your, your enemy because all of us, from the smallest little child, I learned that when my first baby wakes you up, he's hungry, you stick a bottle in his mouth and you turn off the light and bottle comes out and he's crying. Why? A baby wants to control you. This flesh wants to control you. But this is your rule book. This is the rule book. He said, each person to examine himself in verse 28. Let a man examine himself. Examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. 
See, I got to examine myself. And lastly, the three questions each person should consider. Am I right with God? Am I right with the church? Am I right with my fellow Christians? That's the key to be able to take the Lord's Supper and be blessed. Father, we thank you for this 